Good day, folks. My name is John. And I want to start off by saying thank you for taking a moment to listen to this podcast of mine. It has been a long time coming. I have been encouraged by many good people whom I respect and admire. And it has been something that I have been wanting to do for quite some time now. I want to say thank you for humbling me by taking the time to download this, to sacrifice a bit of your day and your time to listen to the thoughts and considerations that I have. It truly is a humbling honor to be heard, and most people don't really think about it, but when you listen to somebody, you are giving them a gift. And I find that far too many speakers out there say a lot, but have very little to say as far as quality. I don't always say things the way I want to. Sometimes I hear what I say and I think, wow, I could have said it better. So please excuse me if I stumble over myself from time to time. Please excuse me if things are not always as clear as they could be. I am the type of person who wants to be able to express these things from my heart and my head and not read from a teleprompter. So everything that you are hearing is me to the purest, fullest extent that I can possibly muster. It is often said in the church, in theology, and with thinkers and philosophers that God is incomprehensible. To be sure, scripture does say, who can understand the mind of God? Absolutely, it does say this. Who indeed can understand the mind of God? But there is something interesting, psycho psychologically speaking, when you say to someone, you will never be able to understand. Automatically, that person will either do one of two things. One, they will either shut themselves off from even trying, or two, they will be stubborn enough and find themselves in a position of arrogance to say, I will understand. In many cases, I am the latter. For you see, I am the type of person who has oftentimes pondered and taken at face value that which is being said to me. If we are to be made, and we have been made, in the image and likeness of God, that to me tells me something. That there are attributes that we share with God. Oftentimes it is said that the ancients put human emotions to the deities. Laughter, joy, sorrow, anger, frustration. However, if we are to believe that we are made in the image and likeness of God, then it is not we humans who have put attributes onto God, but it instead it is we humans who have God-like attributes. Therefore, the emotions that we feel are not human emotions. 
They are, in fact, God-like emotions. And we see evidence of this. We see evidence in this and of this throughout many ancient texts. Many ancient texts, indeed. God is pleased. God is displeased. God delights in. God is loving. God is compassionate. God is merciful. God is just. There is an emotive response to all of these things as well as an action. For any emotive response to something without action is very little more than a flutter of wind, a meaningless passing by. Love without deed is not really love at all. It is just a feeling, a temporary feeling. And so it can be said that we do understand a little bit about God. Because if we have been made in his image and his likeness, and we are considered to be his children, his creation, his progeny of sorts, then it can also be said that God is raising us. Is it not written? Indeed, you are God's little G's. Not big G's, little G's. I will never be my father. In fact, my father would never be his father. However, that is not to say that I could not be a father in my own right. Interesting when you think about things in these terms. God, of course, being the transcendent, the perfect archetype for all things is an example of what a good parent ought be. A parent who is trying to raise their children. Not to be them, but to be like them. And we do not think about these things in these terms. For we have been taught time and time again that we cannot comprehend God. And I say that is nonsense. To be sure, we cannot comprehend God in his fullest, nor can we know the entirety of human history or all of the collected knowledge of humanity. It would be impossible to do that. This is true in its fullness here now even if i were to take a cable and plug it into the back of my head and download every bit of known knowledge at that moment whatever i happen to miss that comes afterwards i would not have it is simply not likely that I would be able to do this. 
However, that is not to say that I do not have enough information where I cannot look at, observe, qualify, and quantify that which is before me. The ability to reason, the ability to assess, the ability to empathize. We all have these abilities, and generally speaking, those who do not, to some degree, are usually considered to have some kind of malady. But can we understand God? Can we comprehend God? Indeed, I believe we can, for I believe that we were made to understand. We were made to understand. And with further understanding, so too deepens our love. And there are some out there that would say that I cannot love and understand. This too is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. For the deeper a person's love grows for another, so too does their understanding. So too does a desire to know and understand the truth. There are some things about my wife that I do not entirely understand. This is true. However, I strive to. I strive to understand. I want to understand. I want to be a good husband to her. I will say that in the time we have been married, I understand her now better than I did when we first met. I understand her passions. I understand her joys, her fears, her sorrows. I understand her far better as we have grown together. This too is to be our relationship with God. However, more often than not, we throw up our hands in the air and say, I don't understand, and it's a mystery. It's a mystery. To be sure, there are some things that will forever, at least in this life, remain a mystery. Science explains to us the mechanics. Science explains to us the processes. But science does not explain to us the why. It does not do that. That's not the point of it. And therefore, there is a mystery to be solved. And we humans like solving a mystery. We like understanding the why. That's why we watch movies, mysteries, dramas that's why we get excited at the twist the aha i got you moment i didn't see that coming but now it makes sense we enjoy figuring things out 
and God has left many mysteries for us to figure out, to understand. Many indeed. So many, in fact, that the individual person will never be able to figure out all of them. But that doesn't mean they shouldn't at least try. Find out what you can figure out. Don't let anybody stop you from understanding, but go at it with a little bit of humility. Say, I know enough to know that I don't know, but I'm going to learn. When we love a person, more often than not, that infatuation, that crush period, the initial sparks are a little more than Twitter patient. But we get to know the person. We talk to the person. We engage that person. We discourse with that person. We find out things about that person that we love. And our love for them grows. But then we find out some things about that person that we don't particularly like. And maybe things that that person doesn't particularly like about themselves. Do we cease loving them? No, of course not. Well, at least I hope not. But sometimes love means accepting some things that might not make us happy. Sometimes love might be helping a person through their struggles and predilections. Sometimes love might look like saying no. And God does love. He loves us like a husband ought love his wife. Sacrificing. Protective, compassionate, merciful, just, and forgiving. Forgiving. Everybody runs around and says, love wins. Well, I tell you this, you don't understand. Love, love is love. But what does that even mean? It is a mindless sophism. It means nothing. It is bumper sticker philosophy. Oh, to be sure, we can have those good, warm feelings. But do you want to understand God's love? You can sacrifice yourself. Give your life for that person. And then you will start to understand. Forgive that person. Forgive that person. Be just with that person whom you say you love. Treat that person with honor and humility. Indeed, there are many things about God that we can comprehend if only we were to humble ourselves. God, too, humbled himself. He did. He prayed to himself. And we can get into the metaphysics of that at another point. Because there is a way to understand even that. 
Indeed, there are ways to understand everything if you're willing. If you're willing. Because we were made to understand. We were made to grow. We were made to, to open our eyes. We were made to be inheritors. These are metaphors to a greater world, a greater understanding. Do you not suppose that God does not weep when his children engage in such wanton destructive activity? Do you not think that God weeps when his children when his creation is unfaithful to the natural order of things? Do you think God doesn't weep when our hearts murder him out of hate and pride and arrogance? Do you not think that God weeps When death occurs, death, that is a continuing cycle that reminds everyone that this world is a little bit broken. God does weep. And God rejoices. He does. He delights. He delights. God has pleasures, of course. God is pleased with those who do right and good. God is pleased when his children point to him and say, that's where we want to go. This earth, this place, this time is temporary. It is momentary. We are here for a short period of time. And our hearts internally long for a place that we will someday soon call home. And when we are young, it feels like such a long time to get to the next birthday. But as we get older, those birthdays start to come around a little bit faster and a little bit faster until we start to say, okay, well, I've been here, done that. But we long for that time where we can join our Father, our Creator. when we can call heaven home. Christians don't seem to philosophize about this too much. They're more worried about their good feelings. Their silly little social justice. These things are not what Christianity is all about. Christianity is more than just a feel-good relation. It is a deep, committed life, a religion that is to be practiced from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you go to sleep. 
And there have been men who have written volumes and volumes on the subject. And I'm not talking about these puff pieces that minimize the Messiah and God into a silly little uh, relationship. A high school relationship. Jesus is my buddy. No, Jesus is a king. Have a little bit of respect. Yes, God wants you to have a relationship with him. This is true. But how do you practice that relationship? How do you go about it? Is it just words to you? Or is there action to go with it? And if there is no action, if there is no, no modality, if you do nothing with this relationship, then what kind of relationship do you have? And the answer is you don't have one at all. It is just words. I do not hear men speak with conviction anymore. I do not hear men speak with fervor anymore. I do not hear men speak philosophically or intelligently anymore. I hear men hawking a product. I hear fly-by-night pastors who want you to feel good about yourself. Well, if I wanted to feel good of my, about myself, then to quote, a fine pipe and a snifter of brandy will suffice that, to paraphrase and bring it up to my level of understanding, a cigar and a whiskey will do just fine if I want to feel good about myself and enjoy my existence. But a relationship with God is like a relationship with any other parent. Sometimes your parent might not be happy with you. Sometimes your parent might not be pleased with you. Sometimes your parent might say, hey, sit down and let me teach you something. Let me teach you something. I am not God, and I'm not here to try to tell you that you will go to hell. That's not my place. I'm not here for that. If you want to go to hell, that is your prerogative. I can only sit down and tell you, maybe it's not such a good idea to lock yourself in a burning building. But that choice is entirely up to you. If you do not want to hear this, then I say, good day, God bless, and thank you for your considerations. But I have a passion inside of me. I have a message that I need to get out and say. I have a faith that is hard and difficult at times, but it is comprehensible. It is with understanding. It is with growth. It is more than just words. I have lived like that before. Where my faith was just words. I am not perfect. I am not without sin. 
but I am tired of the mindless Christianity running around. I am tired of Christianity being treated like second-class citizens because those in the church have allowed themselves to be doormats because they have given up thinking and reasoning. They have given up philosophizing. They have given up studying. They have given up trying to actually have a real relationship because they want to be coloring books in elementary school. And I am tired of this Christianity. And if you are too, then maybe we have something to say to one another. Maybe, maybe you share in my passions. I look in the Christian bookstores. I look on the regular in the regular bookstores. I look at all the shelves of the Christian fluff pieces that treat God little more than your buddy. But like a good father, our relationship with God grows. But with a child, you do teach them, don't eat the cookies before your dinner. And we are like that to God, an eternal God. And for those who say, you can never understand God. God is incomprehensible. I say to you, I at least have given you at least 20 minutes or so of a comprehensible modality. If I can at least comprehend the idea of what a good parent ought be, then maybe I can comprehend a little bit about God. And maybe there's a little bit more to comprehend. Maybe there's more. What else can we understand? What are the metaphors in this life? What is the message found in the rocks and the trees and the skies? What is the democracy of the dead? What is the gospel written in the stars? What did the ancients know? Because if you realize that the Bible is a complex book, a book of books, that it is not alone. It is not alone that the ancients that the ancients all pointed their fingers and said, there's something else there. And these symbols that we have, these structures that we build, these temples are metaphors. There's something else. We know it. We, we, we can feel it. There's way too much information out there. Way too much information out there. And those people who say, no, there isn't, I'd say you might be a good scientist, but you are a terrible anthropologist. You are a horrible archaeologist. And whilst you might understand the processes, you might be able to understand how the watch operates, you do not understand why the watch was made. This is what these podcasts are about. 
This is what these broadcasts are about. This is the messages. These are the messages that have been told to us over and over again for centuries. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. We could also say, seek first God. Seek him first. And all things, all things will be given to you. All things. All things. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be some kind of health and wealth preacher who's going to say, I'm going to give you a sports car if you pray to God. No, that's stupid. If your sight is set on a sports car, then I hope you earn your reward in full, and I hope you enjoy that sports car. But my sights are set on something greater, something more, something higher. That sports car is nice. That money is nice. Those things are nice, but they are not the end. They are merely there to point us to something greater. Thank you for listening to the words that I had to say. Thank you for taking a moment out of your time and your day. I hope these words met you well. And until next time, I say good day and God bless.